So what are some of the biggest challenges that you guys kind of face, um, you know, with your company and in this industry? What are some of the challenges that you guys are facing? I, I think uh, one of the biggest uh, challenges uh, was, uh, was to find an entry point. Uh, uh, we started uh, basically, like I said, uh, we, we started marketing at, at a lower level uh, through Google AdWords, Facebook and all that kind of stuff. We realized very quickly that, that a lot of our equipment was going into, into these large, uh, um, you know, four to 500 uh, facilities. But then there were, there were so many layers of, of people and, and, and connections uh, to get to the actual decision makers. Um, so I'm a big fan of uh, Conex FM. They've actually allowed us to, to be able to get in there, to get a voice, to talk about uh, what matters to us and communicate to our customers directly. And uh, it was uh, initially building up those, those, convers those conversations, those relationships uh, with, with, with the key decision makers. And uh, as we scale, I, I think uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, growing pains, right? We have to grow our team. We have to, you know, make sure that we really deliver our value, and and and, and those are, those are some of the challenges uh, right now that we're facing. Is a growing pain. So how do we deal with uh, with a lot of this work that that's being trusted in us in a way that we we can still fulfill our promise to make sure that it's you have no headaches uh, when when you're using us. Yeah, no, I hear you. And I as a as a person that loves digital marketing and loves sales, I love to hear the fact that you're leveraging digital ads. And a lot of companies in this industry, they're like, what's digital marketing? And I'm sitting there like, you know, exactly. it's, it's like the three little things you see on Google when you do a search, those are digital okay. ads. Okay. You know? <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people don't, don't even realize that those are actual ads, which, which, yeah. is, uh, which, is, which is interesting. No, yeah, and, and, and I think that, that what, what great uh, that's happening, it's like I'm starting to see a lot of uh, younger faces uh, like us uh, driving these, uh, you know, moving towards digital uh, in our industry, which is something that has been historically kind of overlooked over yes. or at. And, um, and that, that's that I'm really happy about it. Like I said, I'm so glad that, that you have this podcast. Uh, I think that it's really important for people to be able to, to hear uh, the solutions that are out there. I think some of the problems that the industry is facing, I think it goes... Uh, down to basically the, the, the people who are actually performing the work, the subs, uh, the local, you know, uh, guys is, uh, well, I mean, actually, I, I imagine for, for national vendors like yourself as well, is the fact that um, each one of these, uh, let's focus on retail, these retailers, use different uh, software solutions to dispatch work orders. So like for us in the receiving end, we're, we're looking at, you know, 10, 15 different times, types of, uh, Work orders and systems that we gotta interact with, and that, that's really making it difficult for for you know people to advance. So I would like to see a solution that really allows uh, to standardize all that into something that can be easily used. Because I think there's a lot of uh, time and resources being wasted jumping from one solution to the other, and that's something that, that I'm seeing lately. And you know, it's funny you say that because um, you know one of the companies that's actually trying to kind of like hedge way into that. This is. This is a plug for Carigo. I get nothing out of this. <laughs> Carigo basically is trying to do that where they're interfacing with like service channel. They're interfacing with Fexa. They're nice. interfacing with all these other work order systems so that all of a sudden everything comes in into one platform and then your service coordinator or your dispatcher can work on one platform um, exactly. as opposed to like double and triple entering certain stuff. 
There's a guy that I was talking to at the Rifma trade show in Denver a couple weeks ago. His name is Peter. Uh, he's with Blair FM. Okay. And he basically was telling me, he's like, because he, they, they went and, and, and purchased uh, the, the Kriegel platform. I think it's the Enterprise. We have a meeting with him tomorrow about it more. But, okay. Uh, point being is, is that he started doing ca- calculations. He's like, basically, my staff was spending 15 minutes for every work order that was coming in on doing double and triple entry to these other platforms. And I was like, okay. He goes, I calculated the dollars. And that was over $200,000 that we're losing. Wow. And, and I'm like, holy smokes. When you put dollars to stuff like that and you're like, what can I make my team be more efficient in as opposed to just copy and pasting data? Exactly. Like, you know, and, and so I get you. Like, and I'm glad that you're bringing that kind of stuff up because – that's because we're kind of in the same business in a sense because yeah. we use a national network of other you know affiliate partners that we work with, and then we have our customers that have you know several different you know uh, work order systems CMMSs, yeah, <clears throat> and we have to train our team to be diligent on how to use each and every single one because one little mess up can cost several thousands of dollars. Exactly, and it's, 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 it's not efficient uh, at all. I think there's, there's another company I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about. It's called Turbo Systems. Turbo Systems, okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I, I recommend you checking it out. They're, they're trying to do something similar in the, in the way that, that they're able to capture all, all the workers that come from the different systems and like put together a one system that allows you know your companies or our company to, to be able to manage all these uh, work orders in, in, in one efficient way. Like you say, you waste a couple hundred grand. And, and, and I think that's just the tip of the iceberg because they, they, the manual data uh, that product creates a whole bunch of mistakes that cost a lot of money, yeah. uh, whether it's dates, whether it's addresses, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, so, so, yeah, I, I think that, that, that's a problem that we're all facing, and I'm really looking forward to this year trying to find some sort of solution that, that really allows... Um, because at the end of the day, even though that the facility managers, there are very few of them, are putting the work orders, by the time all that triggers down, there's such a big expense. Like you said, a couple hundred grand, you just don't like transcribing data plus errors plus everything that goes around that. So, so I, I do believe that, that that's something that that brings me back to, to, to what are some of the challenges here. It's also access to data, right? Uh, if, if we as a totally had enough access to the data across, again, let's go to retail because that, that's where we've been doing most of the business that we do, uh-huh. but if we understood what one retailer compared to the other, what their scheduling of um, activities were, we could really reduce the cost of the equipment by 60, 40 to 60% just by optimizing the, the, the supply chain, right? Because yeah. like most of the equipment costs it's not really the rental, it's the trucking that, that really costs money. So if you're sending it back and forth, or like if you can serve three or four different suppliers, three or four different uh, retail retailers at the same time, or, or, or in an efficient manner, you can save a lot of money. So those are the things that we're looking at. How can we get more access to the data? Uh, but people are very jealous with the data. People are very jealous to tell who their customers are, and then with the reason or not but that's that's where the world is today no i know and and i agree like people are afraid to share who customers are but this is me i mean i started a company you know ran it successful for 10 years but my point is is that if you have a good culture and you have good service and you take care of your customers they will not leave you 
You know, like right. you should trust in your systems and your culture and in what you do. And if anything, if you're like, well, they're not really good, then guess what? You should start working on that because, I mean, I don't want to talk about the whole COVID-19 thing, but yeah. our, our, all companies are getting tested on culture today. You yeah. Know? If your culture is not there, okay, you're getting tested whether you should implement culture or whether you should start really getting that tight. Exactly. Okay. And so, and if you do that, customers will stay with you forever. Like through the tough times and the great times, they'll stay with you. Even if you make a mistake, as long as you own it and you come up with a solution and you go forward with it, you will keep those customers. And, and that's the part that I wish people would understand more is that who cares who you work with, man? You know, like take care of your customers, make them a priority. Like they're the most important people on the planet and things are good. No, no, yeah, and, and I think you, you touched on the two very uh, good points there. Obviously, one that is not talked about enough, it's, it's, it's culture and, and people. I think uh, all companies are built, uh, it, 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 it's, it's a mechanism of a whole bunch of people working together. There's no one company that's built with one superstar, it's just about being able to rely and, and, and communicate your culture. Um, to, to your customers and, and the other thing that, that's very important that you touched on is that not only you have to build those you have to be you have to build a set of values that allow you to go in front of your customer when do when mistakes do happen own what you've done and then and fix it find a way to really make it better for them and for everybody else and, and i think a lot of people lack on that i think uh, i've seen a lot of people that make a mistake or two and then they ghost and then they disappear and then you find them working for another person and then you're like oh well, we you know, like, we're going to see each other uh, no matter what because it's a big, small industry, per se. Exactly. No, I totally agree with you. So, that, I know now we're talking about, you know, basically suppliers and, and vendors and, and the culture. What are some things that you think has made totally successful? And, again, I don't want you to give me your secret sauce because those are things that you keep internally, but... What are things that made you guys successful that you would love to see, you know, more across the industry? Because before we went live, you know, I was saying is that a lot of vendors still do business like it's 1990, you know, yeah. and we're in the 2020s, man. Like we're in a world of transparency. We're in a world of adding value and education. This is one of the main reasons why I'm doing this podcast is because I want to add value and education to our industry so we can grow. You know, so what are some things that you would say that that you would either love to see kind of um, start moving towards like a different direction or you could say you know this is what we need to do what do you think well I think you, you already touched on uh, something that's very important we're in an age of uh, transparency mm -hmm. I think it's uh, it's very important to, to be open and transparent and and, and, and uh, create that culture that, that, that you that you've talked about uh, before I think that that's part of uh, what's uh, what's it's not part of the biggest part of why we're successful is because we're able to internally build that transparency, build that ownership, build that, uh, um, I would say guilt, but like being able to be having that, 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 uh, that bone behind saying you have to really abide by your customers. Those, that's what matters to your customers and your employees and, and your peers, right? Yeah. I, I think that's very important. I think uh, the other thing that's really uh, making us uh, successful it's uh, well. There, there are two things. One, uh, we employ uh, software engineers. Uh, we're in essence a technology company, and uh, I think uh, more and more uh, you're either going to have to move towards technology, or you're going to be left out uh, mm -hmm. in, in 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 this industry. 
And uh, being a technology company, uh, we're obsessed with data. Uh, we look at our data so much. You talked about uh, digital marketing a little bit before. You're constantly looking at why they're clicking, what are they clicking for, what are they looking for, what are the services that they're requesting. Um, moreover, uh, caring about our customers, being able to jump, you know, pick up the phone, call our customers, and, and have a 20, 30 minute conversation, not on like, let me tell you why we can be better for you, but tell me what you need from me in order to be better, right? Like, what do you, what would you love, like, in an ideal world, and, and I have tons of this conversation all the time, it's like, in an ideal world, how would you like this to work out for you? And, and you'd be surprised, like, you learn things that you're, oh my goodness, I can't believe I never thought of this, but, but those are the little things that, that, that matter to us, so that curiosity and, and that data, Looking at the data, being curious, talking to people, I think it's something that's important. Obviously, uh, our own employee and cultures, it's, it's, it's really, really important uh, for us to, to help us succeed. And that's one of the challenges uh, that I was mentioning earlier, that as, as we're scaling, how do you scale that? How do you scale good employees that care about the customer? Yeah. And that's something that we're facing today, but I think we're going to be fairly successful as uh, there's so many more... Um, people out there that like like yourself and then and others that really care about about their job and they're not only looking oh i have a job that pays my bills thank you that's it but they really care about their jobs and customers yeah no and, and it's uh, some things that kind of like what you were saying that i took away on this this is funny is that uh, a few weeks ago this is not at the riffman trade show this was at another one at a local one in denver and I, we had a booth there and uh anyways it was we were the property management, commercial property management companies are going through. And so okay. we're talking to a few people and one person comes in, he's like, he looks at my booth and he goes, oh, so you do mechanical HVC stuff. I'm like, yep. And then he goes, looking at my car and he goes, pitch me. And I'm sort of thinking, I'm like, dude, like, I don't, I don't pitch. And I, I looked at him like, what are your problems? Like, what, what is it that you need help with? And it was almost as though he was confused. I'm like, I don't sit here and heart sell people. Like, if exactly. you don't have a problem, then you know what? We don't need to work together because I can't solve anything. <laughs> exactly. No, that, 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 that's a good approach, and then and, and that, that's good that you mentioned that. It's uh, because you like as you're saying that, I would imagine somebody telling me, "Pitch me." I'm like, "What do you need? What, what's uh, like? What are your problems? Like, you know, like the rent equipment to start there. Like, you know, what, what kind of problems you face and." And that's uh, that's a very valid point. Totally, I I completely get it there. Yeah, and, and that's something that it, it's it kind of took me aback, if you will, because I've never had someone say that to me. But the other part too is is that I think it's all about asking the right questions, and that's what you're what you say, and that's what you guys are doing is is asking the right questions and listening to the customer and internalizing this and empathizing with their problems, and then coming up with those you know those solutions to all those things because all of a sudden you you're looked at as like a, a doctor, if you will. <laughs> As opposed to like a vendor trying to sell something, you know, because when was the last time you went to the doctor and they prescribed you something that's going to make you better and you're like, screw you, doc, I'm not going to listen to you. Like, that doesn't happen <laughs> very hard. often, you know? No, yeah, and I think uh, the, the, the very important thing you touch on uh, there is uh, you internalize all that and, and, and take actionable steps to, to do it. Like, it's not enough to go out there and then like have these conversations, try, ask those questions. But, but then go back to your team and say, okay, we, this, this is like the, the, the top five things that, you know, or these 20 goals that have been touched on. on. What do you what guys think? How can we solve this for them in a way that, that, that makes a lot of sense? And, and take those actions. Obviously, it's, it's a big world out there. It's difficult to, 
to apply everything that you hear and try to uh, please everybody. But but just 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 be be sure to take actionable items and make sure to move forward in these conversations and not only listen but be like okay well I'm really listening I'm internalizing I'm putting a strategy together to be able to solve those issues for you if I can if I can I'm the first one to tell you you know what I can but you know what my buddy Joe there is gonna be able to help you let me introduce you and you know yeah and that's the other part I'm really happy you said that too because some of us are also caught up on winning business the thing is is that you want to win business that you know you're gonna be successful in and not just be successful in, but make your customer the the winner, if you will. You know, um, I'm a big fan of this guy named Donald Miller. He's he owns a company called um, Story Brand. It's based out of Nashville. Okay. So, dude's amazing. His whole thing is 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 wrapped around this whole thing about story, telling stories. And okay. he talks about making the customer the hero, and then making us like the vendor suppliers as the guide. And so, if you can be a guide. And you can guide the hero to become successful and win, then like the hero should have already won, but the guide is going to get all this recognition. Like this is why Yoda is so much more better than Skywalker. You, yeah, you know. And, no, 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 no. And, and you play that role very well as that guide. You're like, and and if you're not the right solution, then you know you'll guide them to something else and 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 be okay with it. But and it, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and then then that that uh, it complements with the fact that if I know I'm not the right solution, but I can guide you to the right solution, then that person that you're guiding to the right solution is also th- is also thankful to you yes. because you're you're helping them get new customers, and they, and they'll you know give it forward to you or somebody else, and and that's the whole point. I I think uh, it's not about winning all the businesses in the world. Uh, we stay focused. Uh, on what we do, like you say, we're very similar companies. We just deal with machines. You guys deal with people, yeah. uh, which is a lot easier to deal with machines. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but it's that. It's it's about creating that uh, that environment and that reputation. And then there, there's also going around uh, that people saying that you know you can, it can take you ten years to build the reputation, but it takes you one second to destroy it. Yes. So it's uh, so it's a very important thing to to keep in mind. And then, like you say, make make your customer the champion and just guide them to whatever it is that they need to be. Because you may not get their business today, you may not get it tomorrow, but in the near future, you may get their business or somebody else's that they think of you. And and I think that that's a very important, very valid point right there. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's. That is, that's reciprocity in my opinion, you know, that's, and that's really important in today's business world, you know, so the next thing I want to kind of ask you before we start wrapping up here is what are kind of your thoughts on the future facility management? And this is, I mean, I know things are kind of changing right now. I don't want to talk about the coronavirus because I want to talk about things that are valuable today that are positive, you know, but pre all this, (laughs) (laughs) you know, what is kind of like, what do you envision as the future facility management? Well, well, I think, think um, I have a pretty good uh, set of thoughts in my head about this. I think that uh, data, as we were talking earlier, I'm not, I can't remember it was pre, uh, before we started the, the recording or not, but uh, data is it's very important. Data is going to get democratized uh, in the sense that a lot of people are going to have access to this data, whether it's specific data to buildings or whether it's like general data about 
performance buildings in certain areas, etc. Uh-huh. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of automation in the work order processing. Yeah. So, for example, and uh, there's also going to be robotics involved in all these. So I'm, I'm just going to tie it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. So, uh, well, for example, one thing, one example that, that I've given now before is that, um, let's say you have a big building that uh, it's, you know, it's been designed to... Um, maximize your natural daylight, right? So then you have sensors really capture that daylight and then the, the dust gets on the windows and then those sensors are telling you, okay, it's time to deploy window cleaning. Uh, so they send out like a, a, a work order to a system that deploys a robotic window cleaning system that goes and cleans it all. Okay. Um, it, same thing for, for example, in, in your industry, in, in, the, in the HVAC industry, you can have sensors uh, measuring the temperature, and then you can correlate that with uh, the weather conditions. And then let's say all of a sudden that you, your system understands that uh, your current HGAC solution is not going to be able to handle the, the weather condition. Yep. You can start deploying uh, automatically without any type of uh, human interaction, deploying extra temporary HVAC to be able to maintain those facilities without losing that comfort level. So, so I think it's going to be a lot of automation, it's going to be a lot of AI, and, and robotics are going to be involved. Uh, the time frame of that, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but I do think that, that, uh, that it's very important for people in the business today to start getting up to date uh, with technology, uh, to start exploring. And, and again, I thank you for, for, for building this, this podcast that allows uh, for people to really start looking at some of the solutions and how to think about uh, deploying this because it's, it's difficult, right? There's so much stuff out there, so much stuff that people don't understand. It's so costly to implement any of these uh, technologies. Yeah. So one advice that I give uh, when people ask me uh, on technology implementation, start small. Start using things that don't require big commitments, right? Uh, I like it. See things that you can test out on a transactional basis or on a, on a short basis, or give your even your, your project managers, coordinators, or anybody out in the field, give them give them ability to test out. You know, sign up for a fifty dollar membership here to this thing that may work, and then scale it instead of like trying to go up to the top companies and do a you know a six month. Uh, multi-hundred-thousand-dollar uh, implementation, they realize, oh, it didn't work. I'm so, you know, so that's, yeah. that's where I see it. No, it's, and I'm glad you're saying, you know, start small because there are so many things out there that are subscription-based, that are small investments, and then you can start kind of deploying bigger, more robust-type technology and stuff like that so that you're not like, oh, my God, and you're scared of yeah. all of this because it can be overwhelming for sure. Of um, course. So, no, I totally get it. Well, Pablo, this was this was great. This was an amazing uh, interview. I think we really touched on a lot of stuff. At the end of the podcast, the way I typically do is I, I give you your opportunity to kind of make your your pitch or your sell, if you will. Um, I know that we don't pitch because we educate, but you know, like, how do they get in touch with you? How do they learn more about you? What what do we got? Okay, well, uh, again, it's it, 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 I don't want to be pitching. I think. Uh, feel anybody, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, my email address is uh, Pablo at totally.com, just our domain, Pablo, at our domain.com. I'll be happy to, to chat uh, with you in regards of uh, your needs, uh, what you're currently doing. I wouldn't expect you to, to be changing vendors or anything. I just uh, 
want to have a sit down and, and, and talk about what your needs are and how you can make uh, your, your business run better uh, from a facilities management perspective all the way down to, to local vendors. Uh, and um, yes, you can go on our website, uh, www.tolly.com. Uh, you'll see there that we only have about six locations, uh, but if you have if you're a nationwide company, we have a facilities manager program that we have nationwide uh, coverage uh, specifically for companies that are doing deploying work across the nation. So feel free to reach out. And Javier, thank you so much uh, for having me here. This has uh, been fantastic, and uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. Awesome, man. This has been great. So again, guys, this is Javier Lozano with Facility and Property Management Secrets Radio. Uh, I'm your host, as you guys have probably noticed, and the company that I'm with is CMI Mechanical. We're a national HVAC and refrigeration company. We do these podcasts, I'm not going to say on a weekly basis, but with things that are going on, we'll probably have more podcasts going on. <laughs> and you know, the best thing is, is that we're trying to hear it add value. If you're someone that wants to be a guest, a part of this podcast, and you believe that you can add value to our industry, to our audience, we want to talk to you. Like These conversations that we're having, such as Pablo and other people that we had in the past, we're doing this because we want to start educating our industry so that we can start teaching people on how to better improve because we could all learn together. So thank you for listening, guys. And Pablo, again, thank you for your time. Thank, thank you so much, Javier. I'll talk to you soon. soon.